is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with David Bishop, we jump right into getting comfortable with change, out of the VHS boom and into the future. We also talk about everything he's learned and how he's sharing that with the current executive leaders of today. So I hope you enjoy this part two with David Bishop and keep on keeping on. Did you have to get comfortable with change? Yeah, definitely. We, it, 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 you know, admittedly it was scary, you know, because you, and, and we, um, you know, we knew we'd have to, we'd have to downsize. We knew people would leave, would lose, lose their jobs. Yeah. Um, but we also knew we had to embrace innovation and embrace change. Um, you, you know, otherwise you just, you just, perish right you know and and you see that that happening at, a, at, at an even more rapid clip now um you know just there's a sense of volatility and complexity and uncertainty that exists in almost every every business that's for sure <laughs> yeah. do you do you see another disruption to home entertainment coming after these streaming apps or in association, if you were to soon um, say? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, not on the near-term horizon. You know, I feel like we're we're kind of in the in the middle of this, where where um, you know the the broadcast industry is uh, is shifting rapidly, and 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 there too, there were uh, you know a lot of these big companies like. Uh, like Time Warner and and the like were really protective of their existing business model. Yeah, um, yeah I, I remember that the chair of Time Warner when asked about this, you know, this new emerging company called Netflix, def, uh, referred to them <laughs> as an an Albanian army. Like they, they were just <laughs> so small that right. that they're insignificant to to the amount of revenue and everything that we have going on. And now, you know, you're you know probably uh, six or eight years later from when he made that statement, and now they're copying it. You know, so that's where you have <clears throat> that that sea change there, where they've created they've created HBO Max and. Um, and others, you know, others are following some are new emerging companies like, uh, like Hulu and, um, and Amazon and, and the like, but everybody's moving towards that streaming model. So what, you know, what comes out of the other end? Uh, I don't know. Um, I wonder if there's any innovation that might be coming on the theatrical side, because they're, you know, obviously during the, during the pandemic, the, uh, theater going has gone down to zero. Yeah. And, and I, and I wonder what it will take to really get people excited about that experience again. Some of it will naturally snap back, but they may need something more. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk of the um, Broadway on demand, 
you know, trying to get mm-hmm. as many shows that are filmed, right, with like Diane on Netflix or The Prom on Netflix, you know, these things that they're yeah, yeah. coming out with. So I, I get, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I it doesn't have that yeah. same connectivity. Yeah, definitely on the live show side. I, I, you know, I think post, I think post pandemic, people go back to that. You know, yeah. it'll it'll take some it'll take some some time, obviously. But uh, you know, I in the beginning part of this, I said, okay, so the last meaningful pandemic was like 1918, right? Yeah, we moved yeah. from that, removed from that into the world. 20s where people were just like going to clubs partying like crazy in close quarters and i i think that's our nature and that's what people kind of miss most i think is is just this um sense of community and and the ability to you know to bond with people you know and don't know and so i have no concerns that that the live theater, whether it's Broadway or, or concerts will come back and come back as strongly as ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Changing gears, uh, slightly, mm -hmm. um, maybe not so much consulting with Mm -hmm. IMAX. Mm -hmm. How did that come about and what was your role with them? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So right, right after I, uh, retired from Sony, um, you know, going back to that disruption that the, yeah. the unraveling of my company or my division became my job and, and that stopped being fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so coming right out of that, I, you know, I have, have a lot of friends in the, in the industry and, and actually one of the guys who was running IMAX, we used to work together at MGM. And so he reached out to me and said, Hey, we, you know, we really want to bring that IMAX, IMAX experience into the home. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so they had this, you know, idea of creating kind of home theaters, high end home theaters um, in, in the home. And uh, also having that come with, some level of exclusive access to content. So they, they hired me in to consult on that, on that idea and just how they could, how they could move IMAX and its brand in, into a a home theater experience and, and actually have the, have the home experience and a longer term view be associated with high quality uh, that IMAX delivers through the theaters. Yeah, I, so, I, I can't yeah. help but think, you know, with the way, because I'm, I'm sure everyone listening think, you know, an IMAX screen, the size of it, it goes mm-hmm. above and to the sides and yeah. everything. And that kind yeah. of turns into those goggles that people wear now, you know, with the I don't know if it's like AI and the idea that you can like look around while you're watching something and truly be yeah, yeah. on your face. Yeah. So you mean kind of like a 3D experience yeah. or a VR experience? Yeah, I was just, I just that just yeah. popped into my head. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and, and yeah, I mean, um, you know, v, VR is is maybe one of those those technologies that are on the horizon, or artificial intelligence, as you you mentioned. Um, that's probably something something to to watch. Um, I was actually part of uh, Sony's. 
uh, introduction of 3D technology into the home, and it just failed miserably, you know, because huh. people, you know, one, you you have somebody over for a movie, you better have enough goggles, and, and, yeah. and people just didn't, they didn't like that experience in the home, or in the theater, for that matter. I mean, there's very few, um, there was a point where we, we had to convert just about any new movie into a 3d experience and it represented about 25 percent of the revenue on on a, on a theatrical release um wow. you, you know now that number has gone way down yeah yeah i, I yeah i'm going to switch gears on you again to your leading sure. leading leaders and basically mm-hmm. the coaching of executives that you do yeah are there yeah. common themes among these top performers that you've encountered just anything that comes to mind? Um, yeah. So I, I've, I've actually been looking at that a lot. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm a fellow at, uh, Harvard university's Institute of coaching. And so we're in the midst of doing a white paper on, uh, leadership styles in the pandemic and what's happening with the organizational dynamics and what, type of attributes are likely to, uh, to continue. Right. So yeah. there's just an enormous amount of research that's starting to, to come out that, that effective leaders, uh, one have a high level of self-awareness, right? Meaning they know their strengths and, and weaknesses. They don't have a lot of blind spots, Right. So, right. and, and they're trying to correct the things that, that are, are weaknesses and they're leaning into their strengths. Um, and, and the other portion of that is the, the leaders that are, that are going to be able to lead organizations through a lot of change. And that's changes just the norm now, right? They yeah. have to have a high level of emotional intelligence. Right, so they have to have high levels of adaptability, of cultural competency, of uh, empathy, intellectual curiosity. You know, those those are all things that they either need to have or need to cultivate. Mm-hmm. And and those those are the common threads that you, you know where you start to see leaders elevate and maximize performance over whatever whatever they're leading yeah i had i was also you know upon my research i had also read about the um kneethling brain instrument which uncovers those thinking preferences uh-huh. strategic social yeah, yeah. analytical or process driven yeah, yeah, yeah do one of those yeah. stand out more than the other among executives um no i mean it's it, it you um yeah each of those are you know are different sure. preferences that you have in in the way that in the way that you think and and the type of work that you lean into right but you can have a you can have a leader be like really analytical and be you know kind of in, introverted or you can have someone who's less detail oriented extroverted a strategic thinker um you can have a you know another type of leader that's that's more process oriented. Um, so 
it, that those type of thinking preferences are not really an indication of whether or not you can be an effective effective leader. Okay. Um, you know, the notion that you you have to be one way or another. Uh, if you just look across, you know, the 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 field of people who are really at the top of their game in leadership, you won't find a common style in in any of them. What they all will probably have is this level of uh, emotional intelligence that I spoke about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have um, a morning ritual, a way in which you start your day each day? I do. Um, <clears throat> so um, I've had a, a, a meditation practice for 40 plus years. So, uh, which also ties back to the emotional intelligence activity because that's the research is showing that that's a really effective way, if not the most effective way to develop that EQ that I talk about. So, um, so yeah, that's the first thing I do in the morning. Um, uh, most days I do some, uh, journaling, you know, just to kind of, get my brain going and think about, um, you know, what, what I did the day before and what was, if there's something that was bothering me just to kind of write, write that through, if you will. Sure. Um, and, uh, and I guess over the last, you know, five or six years, I've done, uh, enough research on positive psychology to know that, uh, writing down, three things that you're you're grateful for uh, every day yeah. is a way to kind of train your brain to always look for something to be appreciative of. How um, long is your meditation? Uh, 20 minutes. Okay. I do 20 minutes, 20 minutes twice a day. You have a chair, a meditation chair, or sitting on the floor? No, or no doesn't you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, and, you know, because I've done it for 40 plus years, I've done it on airplanes, I've done it, uh, you know, in my office, my home. So it doesn't matter, just at any chair. Yeah, the gratitude. It's not like, you know, it's not like I'm, and and I, uh, you know, I I didn't actually tell people at a meditation practice because I didn't want people to think, oh, he's setting uh, his incense. <laughs> and he, you know, puts beads of beads on, and I know and it's really not granola. that. It's really <laughs> not that at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm like, uh, so it wasn't until you know, fairly recently when yeah. it started to become kind of common that, oh yeah, it, it was almost to the point of what type of meditation do you use? That's when I came out of the closet, if you will. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, has it has it helped your? intuition your gut instincts feeling out yeah, situations I, I think so yeah i think so i think i think just because you you know you spend that time kind of just clearing the noise out you know because um there's naturally there's a there's a part of our brain that is kind of always functioning even if you know you're not doing something yeah right so this is an opportunity to settle that down and, and, and get just to a quiet place. And I think when you come out of that, then 
you're just, you know, you're just more aware and you're able to kind of see what's going on. You know, it's, um, so yeah, it definitely, it definitely helps. After your, after your, uh, gratitude journaling, do you goal set Hmm. or do you just jump into the calendar? Um, well, I, I try to pick out like three things that I absolutely want to get accomplished right in the day. Um, I do have an annual, uh, goal setting process that, uh, you know, I look at different areas of my life and say, okay, you know, career wise, this is what I want to accomplish in this year. You know, goals for my, my family or, you know, my, um, my desire to be a good husband and a good father. This is, you know, what I, um, want to accomplish there, financial, uh, charitable goals. And then I, you know, I do that every year, like around my, around my birthday. And, um, so yeah. And then on a daily basis, it's, it's more like I described where let's say, okay, these are the three most meaningful things that, that uh, I could and should get done today. Excuse me. And you may have answered this already. Are there are there any changes that have increased positivity and decreased negativity in your life? Um, any changes that have increased positivity and decreased ne- negativity? Um, well, I, I you know I I. I I can't really think of any. Are you talking about experiences or habits? Or yeah, both? yeah, experiences, habits. I mean, meditation. I guess would be definitely one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Meditation's on the list. Jur- sure. Journaling's on the sure on the list. I mean, the you know the I guess the journaling in particular helped me get through you know a couple challenging times. Just the fact that you know that I think it's. You know, part of it is the you know the writing just slows your your mind down a bit. You know the fact that you're forming sentences and 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 getting and expressing this emotion or this problem um, has the ability just to help you uh, let it let it out and to think more clearly about it. So. Um, yeah, if you had to say, okay, we got, you know, you can pick two tools from the, from, from your emotional toolkit. I would say it would be, uh, you know, meditation one and sure. journaling two. Yeah, they, I, they do wonders. They really do. I started the gratitude one about two years ago, and it's just mm. amazing if you just write down, you know, like even if you can't think of much, you know, you breathe in, that's one, yeah. breathe out, that's two, and like the taste of a fruit or something can be one. And it's like, wow, there's a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Basic and that, things. And that's, that's kind of, yeah. And it's like, you know, if you, you know, like, if you played a video game and then you put it down and then suddenly you start to see the world for a period of right, time, right. like you're playing that video game. Yeah. That's, that's what happens to your brain when you start to, you know, develop this pattern of looking for, three things that are positive. Suddenly you're in the middle of the day and you're like, oh, I'm in bare feet and I'm walking on grass and this is going to be on my list, yeah. my list tomorrow. You know, it just, it starts to reprogramming you. So rather than you 
say, you know, oh, this we're in a pandemic and we have an idiot in the White House. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to bring politics. In. Oh, all uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you, you know, you start to look. You start to look for for things that um, you know bring you bring you pleasure. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. Right. Do you have yeah. any most gifted books or favorite books that come to mind? Uh, it's a Tim Ferriss question. You pulling from? It is. You pulling from Tim it, Ferriss? It, I, you know what? We could talk about <laughs> Tim Ferriss for all episode too. I'm a fan of him. <laughs> yeah, me too. No, a lot me of my too. reading list is his is his Very stuff. Good. I mean, I've gone through Tribe of Mentors. Uh, I've gone through you know, and it's just like the and the reading list continues on. You know, documentaries and movies. It's an incredible thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, most gifted books. I, I can't say I've, I give a lot of, <laughs> give a lot of books away. Um, I, you know, early on, I think that, you know, way back in the, uh, the Think and Grow Rich yeah. book, um, by Napoleon Hill, that was, you know, something that I read and reread and, and and helped you know just kind of build a a, a mindset that hey you know if you get laser focused on a on a goal or some something you're trying to trying to achieve um, then you'll hit hurdles but but things will start to open up for you and and so uh, you know that that's that would probably be high, probably be high on the list I'd say. Yeah, I I've read it before, and I'm definitely I should definitely reread it. Think and Grow Rich. That's a great that's yeah. a great book. And you know what? Uh, slightly separate from that, I'm surprised this is the first moment in this conversation you've brought up Tim Ferriss because he's been a huge influence on the creation of my show, the format and general layout. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it'll yeah. become even more evident when I ask you this very next question. Metaphorically mm-hmm. speaking, is there a word or a mm-hmm. phrase that you'd put on a billboard? For millions of people to see, uh, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. It's not that important. Yeah, 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 it, yeah, it, yeah. Exactly. Curious. You know yeah. the things. The things that yeah. It's the things that we. The things that we kind of hold on to. The anger that we that we hold on to. Now you know. Now I'm sounding like I'm in Frozen. <laughs> but, but it's so, a great so it's great both, sentiment it's though both like over you know way overused now right but but i think um you know we we as humans have a tendency to just like internalize stuff and carry grudges and the people that you know did something to us or we perceive did something to us I've long forgotten it, and we think that they're you know we're still at war with them. Right. Um, y- you know, I just think that um, it you know kind of goes with living in the moment, living in the present moment. I guess. Yeah, that's so it's so important, and that's something that I've yeah. had to really get better at since graduating college. Just letting things go. Because there seems to be yeah. more things the more life goes on. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, final question for you here. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, mm. Have you gotten to play guitar much during the pandemic? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely play more. And in fact, I'm about to start a 
uh, a three month intensive uh, because I've I've always been sort of a like an intermediate player, you know, I sing a little bit and I've sang a little bit in bands and sure. things like that. So it was always just, you know, sitting around the house or playing in a wine bar and, and getting somebody who plays with me who's really talented. Uh, <laughs> but I just signed up, I signed up for a uh, three month intensive where, you know, just, just almost, you know, either relearn, learn, or learn things about the fretboard that that I've always wanted to know but never did know, and so um, so it's a fairly you know rigorous program where you you work on it you know at least an hour to two hours a day, and Great. so I start that next Monday. Well, best of luck with it. That's that's online. Yes. The whole well, uh, intensive yeah, will be online. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. online, and then they uh, <clears throat> they also match you up, you know, based on your musical taste with uh, you know either session music musicians or touring musicians, and and they work with you uh, formally once a week, but you're always in kind of communication with them, sending them um, you know audios, audio. Um, streams of your or recordings of your practices or or whatever so well that's uh, i'm excited to dig in that's fantastic yeah that's going to be that's going to be really great i know there's so much to there's so much that could be accomplished literally from your home these days so that's uh that's incredible yeah david thank you for taking this time to chat with me today is there anything else you want to add in here before we end it uh no i think we very good. Yeah, I think we've, we've covered a lot of ground. Well, this is fantastic. Uh, I can't wait to see you again in person. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I really appreciate this conversation. All right, Clay. Stay safe. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, David Bishop. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 